Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. As the people spread their coat palm branches on the ground to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem, still we welcome him into our lives. King of glory, king of peace, servant king, reign in our hearts and lives this day and all days, that we might praise your holy name. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Today is Palm Sunday. It is a Sunday when we remember when Jesus made his triumph entry into Jerusalem. It's a bittersweet moment as people put palms along the way for Jesus, their king. But it was a start of a moment when people would start falling away as the trial of Jesus would begin later this week. What started out as Hosanna in the highest became crucify him at the end. How quickly the world would turn on Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Isaiah, like Moses, called the Israelite nation to repentance and to faith in a holy, all-powerful God. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear overcame the people. It's like a dark shadow over the land. We are currently facing fear. Fear of sickness, fear of death, fear of the unknown. It is a time to remind ourselves to fix our eyes upon Jesus and not on the troubles of this world. It reminds me of a story when Peter tried to walk on water. In fact, let's turn to Matthew fourteen twenty-two through 33 and let's read that story together. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead, to, go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there all alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves caused by the wind against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. As Jesus said to Peter, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Think about this. The coronavirus is on scene. God is on scene. 
One plants fear into the hearts of man. The other plants peace. When we look at Jesus, we don't see fear. We don't see the waves. We don't see those ailments around us. We only see the one who would eventually take us up into heaven, a place fear, a place free, free of fear and pain. Whatever happens to our life is finite. Whether we are here today or tomorrow, gone tomorrow or the next week, or whatever time frame in the future, the Spirit of God works His peace inside of us. Just like Peter, when he fixed his eyes in the water, it was no longer cool to walk on the water. As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, when he seen the waves, he became petrified and terrified and began to sink and ask for help. Fear overtook him. But even when fear overtook him, Jesus was there to reach out his hand to him and save him. In Isaiah 35, 4, it's recorded, Tell everyone who is discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. We talk about fear and we talk about peace. I want to go back again to that time in Jerusalem. I'm not sure if you realize this, but there were actually two processions going on in Jerusalem on the same day. Opposite sides of the city. The procession of Jesus on a donkey. And then there was the procession of Pilate on a strong steed on the other side. See, Jesus' procession was surrounded by children, men and women, waving palm branches, symbols of peace. When Jesus came in on a donkey, it was a symbol of peace. Pilate's procession was about overpowering. Jesus was about empowering. Those are the choices laid before us during the next eight days and basically for the rest of our lives. But this upcoming week, the holiest week of the Christian year, it will be the steps we take on our journey to be in service of domination or liberation. In 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We are reminded that in the next few weeks, we, it's going to be really tough on us. Our patience will be tested to the max. We will have all the time in the world to worry because we'll have nothing else to do. But yet in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, he says, Humble yourselves in under God's mighty hand, so that he will lift you up in your own good time. Leave all your worries with him, because he cares for you. It's not going to be a cakewalk, I can guarantee you that. We've been struggling during the past couple of weeks, and it's going to get worse. And it's going to get more challenging in our lives. That is why we must, with all important, reach out to God. We might feel that we are sinking into fear. We reach out to Jesus and say, Save us, Lord, from this virus. Save us, if it be your will. 
Give us the strength and the courage to make it through this time because these are uncertain times. You know, one thing that Jesus did every day, and that was to pray daily. We pray to him and we should give him thanks and and all the glory and honor each and every day. We get on our hands and knees and we ask God to forgive us. We ask God for peace. And maybe you're having trouble sleeping at night and, and maybe you just need to get up and say, Lord, give me the peace and he will give it to you as long as you believe and have faith in him. Another thing that Jesus did is that he met the physical needs of others. Jesus was others-focused. He spent his days and evenings surrounded by people meeting their needs. It's not about us. It's about those who are around us. Those who we can help. Those who we can give comfort to. Talk on the phone. Reach out to them. Make sure that they got the food that they need. Make sure they got the medication that they need. Maybe you need to go out and get stuff for them, whatever the case might be. Jesus met the physical needs of others. He led by example, and we must do the same as well. You know, many people are sitting at home all alone. Nobody to talk to. When was the last time you picked up the old-fashioned telephone? Or perhaps it is your new modern cell phone and called out and talked to somebody. It might be a good thing because then your other half might say, Oh, finally she's talking to somebody else besides me. Yes, indeed. We need to reach out and talk to as many people as possible. Make sure that everybody is A-okay. Because see, Jesus, he also talked to people. Many times in the Bible we read about this. Jesus entering long discourses with folks who previously failed to understand him. His verbal sparring with the religious leaders is legendary. You know, after he met Zacchaeus and he went and gathered at his friends and, and had dinner with them. You know, Jesus, he is a great, fantastic Son of God that came down for us. Now, another thing that Jesus did that uh, we really don't talk about much nowadays is the fact that Jesus fasted. And I do realize that for some people, uh, they're unable to fast because of the medic, because of the way their bodies are. For, for most of us, though, we could go a day without food, just drink water. And you know what? That gives your body the opportunity to recover from all this stuff that you're putting in your mouth, especially during these times when we're locked in our home and we get nothing better to do than to sit down, watch TV, and eat. And therefore, it makes it really, 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 did I say really? Tough to fast. But it's a time, and especially this week, Fasting is so important. And Jesus fasted a lot. I mean, he did it for 40 days in the wilderness. And he's only asking us, you know, hey, why don't you do it for one hour? At about the 24-hour mark, the body begins to slough off the old, the dead cells in greater numbers. And, and wonderful things actually happen in our body. It's kind of like a reset motion. It allows the body to not get all, get the insulin and get everything all kind of balanced back out the way it should be. 
You know, there's a reason that Jesus fasted. He fasted because it kind of helps with the body recovery and also kind of punishes the body in a way to make sure that it's about God and not about us. Of course, you know, back then, you know, when they ate food, you know, they ate the clean and the whole foods. You know, they, um, not all this processed stuff. I mean, you go to the stores and all the processed stuff that's coming off the shelves if you want some good food. Hey, there's still plenty of it over there. There's lots of fruits and vegetables and a lot of the good stuff that's there that's actually good for us. And you know what? I am so guilty of this myself. I went to the store and what did I buy? I bought a bag of potato chips. Oh, how unhealthy can that possibly be? But hey, I made up for it. I bought two things of, of uh, asparagus. So I can't wait to start enjoying them. Two pounds of asparagus. Ooh, yummy. That'll make the body wake up and get to energize. So, but we got to get away from the potato chips and the pop and all the other stuff that's unhealthy for us and eat the clean, whole foods that God created for us. You know, we live in a time of anxiety. We live in a time of, you know, everything seems, we're, we're just struggling from day to day. And, you know, we should not give in to fear. And you watch the media, and all you see on TV, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. And you know, it'll do us good to turn off the news. Take, turn it off, and watch. Hey, I think Hallmark was actually um, broadcasting some Christmas shows here not too long ago. I don't know if they're still doing it now. You know, get your mind off of it. Sit down and watch a good movie together. And turn off the news. We, you know what? I can tell you one thing. There's not going to be a lot that changed from yesterday to today. It's going to be basically the same old story. Just bigger numbers to plant bigger fear into us. And that's all it's going to do. Be fear. In Matthew 6.34 it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And boy, I tell you what, there is so much truth in that. There is a lot of trouble in this world and in our lives around us. And we have to act smart. Act courageously. You know, when you, if you have to go and get groceries, make sure that you're six feet away. I mean, they have the, the CDC has these guidelines out there to help to protect us. You see, much like Jesus is there to protect us from the evil one that's out there. There's all this fear and everything out there. And yet Jesus is the peace and the calm that we need in our lives. In 2 Timothy, again, 2, 2, second, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It is a time of peace, a time of tranquility, that we need in our lives more than ever. It's time to turn off the news 
and to turn on Jesus. Get out your Bible. Read the scriptures. Or if you're insistent on watching TV, find something on TV that talks about God, about Jesus. There's plenty of that on there on the TV set. Watch the good and the powerful messages that are out there about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came into the world to save us. While Pontius Pilate is coming in from one side of the city, killing Christians and whatever the case might be, and showing his authority, Jesus comes in on the other side. A whole different venue, a whole different picture, waving the palm branches, putting them on the ground for Jesus to walk upon because he is our king. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. David says in Psalm 94, 19. There is much consolation out there. And you know, spring is coming. I, as I'm looking outside, it's still white out there. We were just kind of getting my look at my poor little tulips. They're just sticking out of the snow, out of the ground. Poor things probably want to curl back up and go back in the ground, but they can't do that. Sometimes we feel wish we can kind of curl up in a corner and, and wake up in six months and everything will be great and glorious, but we can't do that either. But we will get through this together. That's what our great governor, Noam, has always said. We will get through this together. It's just a matter of time. A matter of listening to the directions. God gave us leaders to help us through these difficult times. See, we're not going through this alone. Unlike Jesus, who at the very end went through it all alone. Even up on the cross, crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus should be your love, your joy, and your peace. It's time that we reflect upon that in our lives. It's time that we take a deep breath and relax and let the peace of God into our hearts and minds. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you with troubled minds and troubled souls, with everything going on around us here, Lord. Be our strength. Strengthen us for the journey. Give us a light of enthusiasm. We reach out to you, hands up in the air, giving you all the praise and glory, O Lord Almighty God. We want your peace. We want our eyes upon you, not on the waves like Peter did, not on other things that are devastating around us, 
but on you. Because as long as our eyes are upon you, Lord, we will fear no evil. We will don't care what happens to our bodies here on this planet because it will be yours. We are your temple, Lord, and we will go to you at the end. Reach out to us, Lord. Strengthen us. Preserve us. Give us the strength to make it through this journey, Lord. And we thank you for the leaders that we have. We thank you for the medical professions uh, who are out there trying to figure out what's going on and how to come up with, with, uh, with solutions, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You know, Lord, bless all of those caretakers out there who are caring for these people, Lord. And then, Lord, send your spirit of peace, especially into New York, where they are having such horrible times there, Lord. We realize that maybe we were ill-adequately uh, ready for this whole ordeal, Lord. And now we're playing catch-up. And it's going to hurt. But together, with you, Lord, at our side, we will make it through. Let's take a little bit of time also to pray for those whom we name in our hearts. Into your hands, Almighty Lord, we present these petitions to you. We give you all the praise and glory, and we pray in the name that you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and his forgiveness in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I want every one of you to say, Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord.